Today's episode of the Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, a tasty, healthy, sweet, and low-calorie alternative to your usual sugary protein bars. I actually continue to find that I haven't found a bad flavor yet, if you can believe it. I had the double chocolate mousse this morning, and that basically qualifies as dessert before breakfast without any of the guilt. So if you enjoy having your sweets before anything savory during the day, check out Built Bar. Locked On listeners also save a cheeky $10 on their first order with promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off. On tonight's episode, I was trying to think of some fun hockey content, and to be honest, I was coming up a little bit empty, so I thought I would kind of transition to talking about what the next NHL game should be, because I honestly think that we're going to see NHL 21 before we see an actual return to NHL action. I could be very wrong. I could be absolutely 100% wrong because maybe the NHL tries to push it and sees all of these other, I guess, pro sports leagues returning to action. Bundesliga, like I said last episode, is actually coming back uh, next Saturday, it is, starting off with uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf versus Paderborn. Now, if you've never watched Bundesliga, I'm going to be honest. Um, Dusseldorf versus Paderborn is probably not an ideal starting place because you're going to think that Bundesliga is essentially a trash farmers league, which I think tends to be a pretty unfair judgment on a league that traditionally does have income issues because it relies so heavily on, let's let's say, um, TV money, ad revenue, and basically not really adopting some of the more defensive styles that La Liga and, and Premier League go with. Generally, German teams have favored, I guess, traditionally like a, an attacking style with a much higher attacking line, and their defense is pushed up, so your defenders are often forced into more, let's just say, transition and and vulnerable situations. That's why speedy defenders and center backs tend to do really well, guys who can essentially launch long balls as well and replay well ahead because they have to do so much to both cut off uh, opposing runs on the back line from a much more vulnerable position and spearhead an offensive counter the other way. There are a few guys like that in the Bundesliga who do it really well, and I would say that uh, it probably comes down to Matt Hummels being one of the key catalysts. But you see a couple of center backs or other fullbacks and stuff who can launch decent long balls and get a nice counter started. Now, as far as the NHL is concerned, I would say that, you know, they, they have decent odds of, of returning in the next few months, but I still think that we will probably see NHL 21 before then. And let's be honest, NHL 20, I think it's an okay game, but like 21, I feel like needs to be next level because we've had the same NHL game for the past several years. And every year they tweak something with the mechanics, which is fine, but I think the rest of the presentation is looking very dated to me. You know, FIFA, for all of its flaws, and it has many flaws, let's just put it out there. I mean, this is a, FIFA 20 is a, is a terrible game, but the presentation is still top-notch. And I feel like NHL 20 just pales in comparison when you look at the uh, the breadth of content and the depth. Now, it all works for the most part, which is something that FIFA 20 cannot even claim to do. But that said, I feel like NHL 20 still needs uh, something of like a fresh coat of paint. And the next generation of consoles has been talked about for a while. We've just seen like an Xbox One X or whatever it's called. I think it's like the X series or something. They don't really seem to be differentiating anymore. It all sort of blurs together. They were talking about their new Xbox today, and EA has already promised some sort of iterative upgrades for visual improvements and stuff on the future generation of consoles. Now, the the trick with that is they were talking about Madden, I guess, 20 or 21, and they said that you had to buy the console and the game 
in like a certain time frame to get the upgrade. And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like people hate EA already. Could you imagine wanting to be more of a bad guy by essentially shutting off part of your consumer base and telling them, nope, you're not going to get the nice version. Something tells me they just put that out there to see the reaction and that everyone will actually get the upgraded version. For NHL 21, I really think that they need to do more than just give a visual upgrade. I think that the whole game itself needs kind of an overhaul. It It's just a little stale, and I feel like we're all used to the same presentation. I feel like their attempt to redo the commentary wasn't really... I don't know, it wasn't for me. Snoop Dogg was kind of funny and stuff, but I don't know, the rest of it just kind of okay... Um, it did fit a little bit better this time. I think that it was more accurate and reflective of the gameplay, but even still, it just seems like the game feels a little static and a little old, and I feel like the way it functions and stuff just never really feels like you're some you know you're you're doing something like watching an actual broadcast. I've seen all of these like simulated games and stuff that teams are running, and I just for the life of me, I cannot sit through and watch that. It is so boring and and, and just really janky th- that I can't sit through it. Like, I, I just, I feel like it's such a, a bad imitation of the real thing. And I think that that's one thing that NHL as a series has struggled, struggled to do. Like, it should be fun and approachable and available for everyone. But by the same token, I feel like if I turn it on to hardcore, I feel like it should feel a bit more like what I actually watch on TV. And, I mean, to to its credit, NHL 20 did actually improve significantly on the past couple of NHL games, but it still feels very blah to me, and, like, occasionally guys will just make weird reads on defensive plays, or they'll line change at the stupidest times, or they just do all of these odd movements, or occasionally defenders will crowd each other and knock each other off and essentially leave a breakaway for me. You know, and then there are other opportunities where something should be a goal, and somehow it isn't, miraculously. It's a, it's a fantastic save. And then the AI scores some cheap point shot from, like, you know, either my own blue line or if they get really ambitious from the midway point of the arena. And I'm just like, I don't understand why I work so hard to not get rewarded for offense. I know that that happens in real life, but in NHL it occasionally happens at a little bit of a crazy degree. This year they did improve goaltending a lot, which I am very appreciative of. Um because I think goalies in the past have been just absolutely atrocious for my teams. But even still, I just feel like, I don't know, when I play FIFA, I get really invested in it, especially when I play online competitive stuff. There's something about the presentation and the way the mechanics work that, uh, obviously the game's kind of broken in a lot of other ways, but it still feels engrossing in, in a way that NHL has just never managed to capture. I think NHL feels a little bit too sterile, and it just seems like it needs more investment in this next iteration, but I I think it's still too niche and it's too small of a a game to really get a lot of excitement going. If they could overhaul the presentation, bring in some kind of a new engine that really updates the way the game feels, I would be a lot more interested to see what happens. In a lot of ways, we've been playing the same game since, like, 2015, just with overhauled mechanics over, you know, and, and small visual improvements and stuff over the past four or five years. I'm ready for something a little more engaging and interesting. And maybe, at some point, if EA feels generous, like, a PC port, anyone? Like, a PC port? Or can, can we get that? No? Yes? No? No? No PC port? Probably not. It tends to be asking too much in a lot of ways. 
Speaking of asking too much of things, you might wonder if there's a uh, a really healthy protein bar alternative to the ones that you've been eating. I think, you know, if you want a good protein bar that tastes sweet but isn't calorically taxing, you're probably thinking that you are asking for too much. Enter Built Bar, which I'd actually not heard of until this past week when I got a chance to try them out. And man, these things are actually really good. They're coated in dark chocolate, and a lot of them are 170 calories or less. Some of them are as low as 110 calories, and these include flavors like peanut butter, coconut chocolate, mint chocolate. The dark chocolate also has natural antioxidants, and most of the bars come with around 25 to 30% of your daily protein intake with maybe 15% daily fat content, which is pretty nuts. Built Bars are also soft and chewy, so they're not hard and dry like some of the other ones, which is a nice textural change. If you're interested and curious about giving Built Bar a try, be sure to head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. I heartily recommend one of the samplers. I think that they have a ton of really good flavors. Eight that are nut-free and eight that are nut-inclusive. So if you have any dietary or allergy restrictions, they'll have a bar for you. Again, be sure to head on over to BuiltBar.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. On the last two parts of our show, I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about arena atmospheres and stuff, just because I was thinking about it from talking about the NHL games, and something about the NHL games always struck me that the crowds never really feel authentic. They're always, like, pre-programmed. They have, like, the same fake poster boards and stuff that they hold up. It's never that interesting, and I feel like the goal horns and stuff are, are for the most part, pretty good. But, like, the crowd animations are really stiff, and something just feels sterile. And it's especially bad when the crowd glitches out, and they're supposed to all be cheering some goal, and there's no celebration whatsoever. I don't mind when companies do, like, canned celebrations and things in the crowds to try and make it a little bit easier on them, so that they don't have to render all of these unique individual pieces. But again, I feel like NHL has taken a lot of shortcuts in the presentation, And that's just not for me. I think that one thing that's always stuck out to me is when you go to like a a local sports game, um, particularly like a local minor league hockey team or a major junior hockey team, it's actually a lot of fun. I think a lot of people imagine that the hockey grade is going to be lower than the NHL. And of course, that is true. But what I will say is that the experience is a lot more approachable and inclusive than some of the bigger arenas, in part because the crowd setting is more intimate. The sound tends to be louder because you're, you know, right there with a bunch of rowdy minor league fans. I think minor league hockey is more appealing to, you know, common folk because it's it's cheaper to get in, which makes it really great for families who can't afford NHL tickets. Honestly, NHL t- tickets are, like, insanely expensive. So for me, whenever I go, that's a huge luxury. But for, you know, all of us average folks who really can't afford to go to NHL games regularly... Minor league hockey games are the only alternative that we really have aside from like some some local junior stuff. But I have to say that as far as minor league games go, one of the places that I love going is the uh, Hershey Bears Arena up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And if you've never been up that way, it's fantastic. Giants or uh, Giant Center, I think it's called. Either that or Giant Arena. I forget what it used to be called, but it's now sponsored by Giant and whatnot. Back in the day, they had, like, a really vibrant, lively atmosphere. These days, it's a little more, uh, I would say, casual and relaxed, but still a very passionate fan base. You kind of have an interesting intersection of fans, because you have, like, Flyers fans, Pens fans, and Caps fans. 
which is always awkward because Hershey has historically been uh, a Caps affiliate over the past several years and dating back even further. Um, our very own Matthew Perot uh, actually went through the Bears program at one point as part of a, a Calder Cup winning team that I think actually had like John Carlson and a few other present day Caps. Perot, when he was with uh, with the Hershey Bears, was very good, naturally. I mean, Perot's always been good wherever he's gone, whether it's been Anaheim, Winnipeg, Hershey, you name it, he's been a good player. Even in Major Junior, I think he was very good. I believe he was a Voltiger or something like that, if I recall correctly, in Drummondville. But the atmosphere of, like, a Hershey Bears game, especially when there's some special event going on, like, say, the Teddy Bear Toss or whatnot, it's just very different than NHL arenas commonly are. I, I think that it has a nice, relaxed feeling, but there's also a very down-to-earth fandom that kind of grows out of it. Hockey fans in in some of the bigger NHL markets may not be as attached to their teams as, like, minor league fans are. Minor league fans don't always see it as, like, a really expensive business venture and kind of like a big city sports arena. You know, when you go to, like, Giant Center, which is among the nicer um, AHL rinks and whatnot... It's it's still like cheap concessions. It just feels more casual in a way, but still very hardcore. I mean, their fans are happy to bid on game-worn jerseys that were worn for maybe like a period, and they don't even think twice about dropping like one and a half to two thousand dollars and then wearing it while they're watching the next game and and even getting like barbecue sauce and stuff on it, which I always find for me as a collector very uh, very troubling. I, I I kind of freak out, but it gives you a sense of the fact that Hershey Bears fans don't really think about the price of things or or how much they they cost in the sense of you know looking for a big ticket experience they like stuff that's casual they like stuff that is approachable for fans of of all price brackets and and walks of life and i feel like that makes minor league hockey very unique you're there to support your local team which is often a little bit more localized than some of the bigger nhl markets and in that way i mean that's why you kind of see like three different teams represented at at the uh Hershey Arena, because you've got all these fans from these different areas who happen to live in Hershey, so they support the Bears. And I think that that just makes it a very unique experience, and something that, aside from a few major NHL markets like Toronto and whatnot, that experience isn't necessarily replicated with the rest of the NHL teams. If you want a kind of a unique experience that doesn't really exist in other NHL arenas, you have to go to a minor league or a major junior game. I haven't been able to go to any of the major junior games myself. It's kind of on a bucket list, but I've had plenty of friends who have gone, and they all really enjoy it. AHL and ECHL games are all a blast, too. So if you have the opportunity, be sure to check one out. Closing out tonight, I'm going back into fun off-topic mode, which is uh, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about some, I guess, competitive FIFA play that's been going on recently. I gotta be honest, like, as much as FIFA annoys me, if there's ever a time for folks to get into the game and enjoy the best promos of the year, it'd be now. I have to be honest, like, even though FIFA is very frustrating, this Team of the Season promo that they're doing right now to celebrate, I guess, thus far what the the top players have accomplished, it's really been fun so far. I mean, like, we've gotten the best Premier League Team of the Season that I think we've ever seen. I mean... I don't know if you've seen the Kevin De Bruyne card that they put out. It's 99 rated, and it's basically like the best card in FIFA history. And when people get it, it's a great experience. can tell you it's not a whole lot of fun to play against, but it is a very good card all the same. And I feel like the rest of the promo, for the most part, has been a pretty decent success. 
Uh, FIFA has put out some pretty decent like promo SBCs and stuff for you to grind out. And then if you want, you can do all of these like so-called upgrade packs for different leagues. And the first one that's been out is the Premier League. Obviously, these Premier League SBCs are actually kind of expensive. You need to have a certain grade of card and a certain league, which is Premier League in this case, in order to do the top-level Premier League rare four-player pack, which, to be honest, most of the time ends in disappointment. But here's the thing. Premier League cards in FIFA are always very expensive because Premier League is the most desirable league. It's kind of like thinking about, you know, the difference between an NHL and an AHL or ECHL card in Hockey Ultimate Team. People want the best level of, you know, players that they can get. And in this case, Premier League tends to have some of the best attackers in all of FIFA. Now, if you want any other leagues, those will be coming, one at least starting tomorrow, which I believe will be La Liga, followed by the French Farmers League of Ligue which is basically just PSG and a couple of other teams. But either way, you'll probably get some really cool special cards. And oftentimes, EA have, have boosted, like, random players this year and given them usable cards where typically they don't actually get one which is, in my opinion, actually pretty cool. I like that they do this because I want to use cards and players that I actually enjoy watching. Like, Thiago from Bayern. I, I of course, despise Bayern because I'm a Borussia Dortmund fan, but Thiago, I think, is, is one of the most underappreciated midfield talents in the world. He's a bit like Nikolai Ehlers in that I don't think people understand how much he does for build-up play and transitioning your defense to offense. He can move up and down the pitch very quickly, and he has exceptional vision, perfect ball distribution, and just really unbelievable offensive instincts while being very competent at staying strong on the ball and basically dictating the battle flow throughout the match. The problem is, is that it's very difficult to capture the cerebral nature of somebody like Thiago in a video game. I mean, FIFA and Pez have often been used by professional football players just to kind of test and see if they could do something, perhaps like a, a crazy play that they'd never attempt in real life, but that they would try in FIFA, just to see if it works. Tiago, though, if you want to use him in like competitive online play, historically really terrible. But this year, they actually gave him a usable card, and the passing and stuff on this card is just outrageous. It actually, in my opinion, feels like a fair representation of what he's really like in, in the actual game. On the other hand, you occasionally have weird ones like uh, Raul Jimenez, which I feel like his his team of the season card, which you could get for free technically through doing like these objectives, his card is kind of weird because it has so many good statistics and, and general features and traits. And then you find out that he has like 59 balance, which if you don't know what that means, basically he can get knocked over very easily and get pushed off the ball, even though he has a very high strength rating. You can kind of see that EA gives out these kinds of uh, grindy cards that you can accomplish and use that are that are technically still usable and fine enough, but they will always have some kind of trait or feature that makes them much less desirable than the top cards in the game. You know, you compare them against one of the team of the season, Jamie Vardy's or Mohamed Salah, those cards all dominate and really don't have that many weaknesses, if any, beyond maybe... Um, a reduced weak foot or skill moves rating that, you know, limits you a little bit more in what you can do with it. All that said, I feel like as as sweaty as the weekend gameplay has been, this is like a really good time if you want to have fun and kind of experience some of the top cards in the game. I would fire up draft mode, which is where you can draft like, in a, like a dream team of, of cards from all across these different leagues and eras. 
and build your competitive dream team to try and win four games. I've only won drafts once, and I didn't really get much in the way of rewards for it, but at this time of year, uh, any reward can actually be pretty good because it'll eventually feed into either an SBC, a coin drop, or maybe you get lucky and pack a Team of the Season card. Hopefully tonight's episode gave you some food for thought as to, you know, some fun things to think about for maybe the next NHL game, and in the present time, maybe hopping into the existing FIFA 20 endgame scenario where we're now into Team of the Season. It's a fun time, even though it's a little bit grindy, and if you're willing to give it a, a little bit of a go, it'll reward you. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Before you log off, be sure to check out our Locked On NHL National Show hosted by Sarah Avampato. Thank you so much, have a great night, and go Jets go!